0: What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday night, and you are tuned in to the Stoned on Sports Podcast, where we believe that winning is the best high of them all. We are continuing our march to the start of the fantasy baseball season here with part two of our first base uh, preview, and I'm looking forward to this. You know, we went over part one on on Tuesday, and, and now we're back for... A little bit more. I know I'm really getting uh excited and, and getting ready for the the baseball season, uh, especially since my lions are done. My ass is on to baseball. I don't know about you, Kyle. How are you feeling tonight, brother?
1: Yeah, definitely on to baseball. Um with a little college basketball mixed <laughs> mixed in because I do watch uh plenty of that. Um, but yeah, getting excited, getting even more excited because we're doing all these position previews over the next uh, i don't know a few several weeks i guess i think six weeks something like that seven weeks eight weeks nine weeks something like that so uh looking forward to it diving deep dubo what's going on always brother? here always the first one here always supporting us um interacting we love it thanks for joining us again tonight it's a day one dubo right there heck yeah man heck yeah Um, yeah, so first baseman, uh, I'll put the rankings back up on this, our rankings. Again, these are available on the website, stonedonsportspodcast.com. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about another 12 on here, not necessarily in order, but, um, some good ones in in tonight's show as well. And some, uh, younger guys that maybe could be elite someday. So love it. Who are we starting off with tonight? we are going with mr matt olson of the atlanta braves adp of 16 auction value averages out at about 35 i'd pay that and then some uh, probably for him um you know 40 easily um great bats left handed started all 162 games at first last season he's a powerful corner infielder um 659 total fantasy points again this is cbs standard scoring uh, so he averaged 4.1 fantasy points per game. That's just freaking solid, man. Um, slash line of 283, 389, 604 slugging led the national league in slugging. Actually, uh, 54 home runs, the most in the majors, 139 RB eyes again, the most in the majors and a 993 OPS highest for first baseman. Just crazy. Also led the national league in at-bats per home run at 11.3. So every eleven point three home at bats, he was cranking one out out in the uh, center field or you know whatever. So um, I like that he made a significant improvement from two thousand twenty two. Um, his uh, batting average jumped from two forty to two eighty three. On uh, base percentage went from three twenty five to three eighty nine, and that slugging percentage I mentioned earlier that spiked to um, the six oh four uh, was at four seventy seven in 2022. So he can hit the ball as hard as anyone. Uh, Still has an average exit velocity, hard hit rate, both in the top 1% of baseball. Now, I don't expect a repeat level of that excellence. Again, I should, you should still um, expect him to produce Uh, top home runs, RBIs and runs, given the strong lineup around him in the ballpark, he is consistently either the second or third baseman off the board behind Freddie Freeman. Um, just a fantastic player.
0: Yeah, he, he really is. Um, his fly ball percentage at 34.4 is 11% higher than the league average. And and you talked about it earlier. The dude just smokes a damn ball. And when you can elevate it like that, the ball is going to fly especially down there at Truist Park in Atlanta when you get those hot, humid summer evenings and and the ball just flies. He set career highs and runs, hits, home runs, RBIs, walks, average, on-base percentage, and slugging. So it definitely was a a career year for him, but there's absolutely no reason to not expect somewhere to the tune of, you know, we'll call it 42 to 45 home runs and, and another 100 RBI plus campaign. He's somebody who has played all 162 games in back-to-back seasons, and, and last year was the third time overall that he's done it. Yep. And it rings true in baseball the same as it does in football or basketball or hockey or any other sport. Sometimes availability is the best ability. Yep. And if this dude is out there every single day, really what more can you ask for? He's yep. in the heart of, you know, if it wasn't for the Dodgers – what would be the best lineup in the national league. And, and, you know, there's a, an outside chance. They give the Dodgers a run for their money in in that regard. There's just a, a shit ton of talent there. And he's somebody who's increased his exit velocity every year for the past four years. Those are the kind of gains that you want to see. And when you look at numbers like that, it's very easy to see the story of Matt Olson and just how he performs. Yeah. Love him. All right, headed up to New York, eh? Yes, sir, with the polar bear, Pete Alonzo. This dude is a slugger in the classic sense. Um, Somebody who is just going to maul the damn ball, quite frankly. Uh, Last year, he had 523 points, averaged uh, 3.4. Right now, he's a number four first baseman off the board, going right around 27, 28 for his ADP. He finished third in position last year. 46 home runs 118 rbis 92 runs at a triple slash a 217 318 504 good for an 821 ops his average did take a dip and and obviously that's not what you want to see uh but at the same time you cannot argue with the power the average was down 60 points uh his on base percentage was down near 40 points and you got to remember that City Field is the fifth best pitcher's park out there. Uh, yeah, but when you have power like him, it, it I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Um, he hits cleanup, it's a very top heavy lineup. There's really not a whole lot, uh, other than him. Uh, uh right behind him, you're going to have Starling Marte, who's in a fragile and an aging bat. Um, and a young and inconsistent Francisco Rodriguez at at catcher. He's still going to be an elite power source. He's still going to produce runs. I I expect him to have another 200-plus combined runs and RBIs. He's a free agent after the season, so he is in his walk year, and, and he's got that little bit of extra motivation. When he plays 150 games, his lowest home run output is 37 home runs. I mean, the guy hit 50 home runs as a rookie. He is an absolute masher. Yep. Um,
1: You mentioned his, um, you know, the average. um, His expected last year was 246. That's the 35th percentile. But if he hit like 235, 240, I don't think we'd be having this conversation right now. Right. Um, I think that the, the, there would be no concerns about his batting average. The guy has, since 2019, he has 192 homers, more than anyone else in the league. Just impressive as heck. Um, yeah, I look for him to good. The Mets The Mets offense looks improved from last year. I think he'll have no problem reaching 100 RBIs again and, and triple digits in runs scored. And you mentioned that final year of his contract. He also hired Scott Boris in the offseason. You know, good, you know how good that guy is. So um, I, I definitely look for him to be on another team in 2025.
0: For sure. Dubo jumping in. Might have missed it. But when you say AAV, how much money do you start the auction with? That's a yep. very good question. And and it's something we we probably should have mentioned before, Dubo. The industry standard is $260. Yep.
1: Yep. And I was going to say it varies, too, depending on some things or your league or your choices. Your commissioner makes and stuff, but that's what I've played in.
0: Yeah. And really when you talk about auction values, you know, that's what we're basing it on. And, and according, you know, our ADP comes from uh, NFBC really, when you think about auction values though, think about it in terms of percentage of your overall budget, you know, because there is that variance from league to league. Yeah.
1: And NFBC is the high stakes. National Fantasy Baseball Championship. There's an NFFC as well. Um, they're under a parent company. I, I can't remember the name of them right now. In fact, last week there was just a cheating scandal on the NFFC on a Holdem tournament, I believe, from last month or something. Yep. Uh, yep. Where a um, a contestant and uh, you know employee of that company internal there were doing something wrong. So they were in uh, cahoots moving players in that, the you know, swipping, swapping players, I guess, swipping, swapping players, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. after the game had started. So not good, not good at all. Um, next we're headed to St. Louis as soon as I can figure it out. There we go. Paul Goldschmidt, St. Louis Cardinals average. Uh, the ADP is 74. People are paying about an average of 18 bucks for him on NFBC. Um, Plays first base and DH2, three fantasy points per game. I got him at 463 points. Uh Finished first baseman, ninth best in points. Slash line at 268, 363, and 447. Still hit 25 home runs, 80 RBIs, 89 uh, runs scored, and 11 stolen bases. uh, With an 810 OPS and a ton of plate appearance, 687. So he's 36. Um, he started 133 games at first base. Not a guy who was just DHing all the time. This was a guy who was just NL MVP two seasons ago. So he's also in the final year of his contract. Um, this is his lowest homers running, uh, running, Whew, homers. RBI's and runs were the lowest he has tallied in a full season since 2016, and the guy is still ranked in the top 50 of all hitters last season. That's consistent production. I think the days of 100 RBIs and 30 home runs is over, but he'll be close. Um, he's durable too. Since 2015, as Matt mentioned before, you know availability is the best ability. He's missed a total of 44 games. That's an average of less than five games per season. I like him, but if you're looking for a repeat of last season, he might be a safe bet to hit 25 and and 80 again.
0: Yeah, for sure. And for him, he's one of those people, you mentioned it, he's 36. I I think we're going to start to see the age-related decline in him, um, especially when it comes to bat speed because that's where it's going to be the most noticeable you'll have hitters who they just can't catch up to the high fastball anymore to his credit he still hits the ball damn hard Our 50.8 hard hit percentage That's 94th percentile um i think if he can continue to play 150 games yeah he'll he'll push 20 home runs and and you know his run production if you can get 160 combined RBIs and runs I'm I'm going to be happy I'm not counting on double digit stolen bases from him just given his age uh-huh. but I think there is a little bit of of uh, upside opportunity in terms of his batting average He's still got a damn good eye so I think his on base percentage is going to stay right around that 350 mark if there's some gains with his average, the on base will, will go up a little bit. He's the, to me, he's the first, first, first baseman just outside the elite tier. You know, he's, he's in that next kind of secondary tier, slow and steady wins the race kind of dude. He's not going to wow you with anything, but he's not really going to disappoint you either. And I think right now at, at seventy four overall and and eighteen bucks, I think that's a reasonable price. Yeah, I'm probably not going to go much further than that though.
1: With no, him. no. Um, I, I kind of feel like fifteen is about the right number, but um, yeah, maybe thirteen to fifteen actually. But yeah. um, yeah, I like him. All right,
0: fuck so we've got somebody with no home right now, right? and that guy's name is Cody Bellinger. Um, he's a number six first baseman, and, and he's a, another one of those dual eligibility guys. He'll play a little first base. He'll he'll play some damn good center field for you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 55, 56, something like that off the board. You can get him for a, a little over a 20 spot in auction leagues. He was the number five first baseman last year, 489 points, averaged 3.8 points per game, 26 home runs, 97 ribbies, 95 runs, did steal 20 bases. He had a 3.07 average, got on base at a 35% clip, slugged 5.25, good for an 8.81 OPS. He did have, however, a career low exit velocity and hard hit percentage. Uh, He was 7% below league average in his hard-hit percentage, uh, right around 31.5%. He's only played 140 or more games three times in his career. I understand the 2020 year is in there as well. He's not really somebody who walks or strikes out much, and and if you look at that differential between his batting average and his on-base percentage, that is something that will clue you in and, and let you know he's not somebody who tends to draw a walk. With him, I think a lot is going to depend on where he signs, what lineup he's going to be in, what ballpark he's going to be in. Yeah. I'm not expecting another 2020 season, regardless. He's somebody who is a wild card. He's yeah. he's a former MVP with 40 plus home run upside, or he can look like complete ass. Yeah. So you're taking a gamble, drafting him in the top you know we'll call it 60 ponying up over 20 bucks for him it's a gamble that can pay off um and for me I'm I'm not it, really the reason I'm not expecting another 2020 season I'm not expecting him to steal 20 bases again yeah uh kudos to him he cut his strikeouts almost in half season over season uh he focused more on solid contact and just contact overall and he's somebody who benefited greatly from the shift ban uh, in 2022, he was shifted 91.6% of the time, wow. and that really opened up the field for him. That did.
1: Uh, yeah, he just had a great dynamic all around uh, year last year for the Cubs. You mentioned about the walks. He only had 40 walks and 550 plate appearances. That's 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 interesting. Why? I, I feel like he should walk a lot more. <laughs> you would think.
0: Walk, um, walks as good and as a hit most of the time.
1: And yeah, we don't. I didn't do too many. It's. I hate talking about a player when I don't know where they're at. It's It's definitely more challenging. I think it's even more challenging in baseball due to um, different ballpark dimensions and the layout and whatnot. But it seems like returning to Chicago is like the most likely scenario for him. But yeah. we'll see. And like Matt said, temper your expectations uh, for a repeat on his his season from last year. Um. All right. We're headed out west, Colorado. Mr. Nolan Jones. I like this cat. ADP of 55. Auction value 23. 23 23-year-old, or no, sorry, 25-year-old rookie um, last season. Played just 10 games at first, making him eligible for this season. What an extra value um, he, he gives with that. He averaged uh, 3.3 fantasy points a game, 297, 389, 542 slash line, hit 20 dingers, 62 RBIs, 60 runs scored, 931 OPS. That was 10th among all hitters with 400-plus plate appearances ahead of guys like Juan Soto, Altuve, Harper, J.D. Martinez, just a fantastic um, OPS His uh, 542 slugging that I mentioned, 11th among all hitters with at least 400 plate appearances. Stolen bases, hit 20 of those, made the 2020 club in just 106 games. That's impressive, very impressive. Um, And he most likely won some baseball fantasy managers a title last year. He was awesome down the stretch, seven home runs, 23 runs scored, and 23 runs. 23 RBIs as well, 12 steals, and a 1.112 OPS in September. Sick. Just sick. Um, concerns, his K rate's a little bit worrisome. His strikeout percentage, I should say, is uh, 29.7%. That was 23rd among all hitters, uh, 23rd worst among all hitters with 400 plate appearances. But he makes consistent and quality contact. Um, and he's a menace on the base base pass with that with uh 20 steals so um he's going to play half his games at course field should be a mainstay in your lineup his splits look pretty deep de- uh, his splits look pretty decent as well um same amount of home runs last season versus homer away 10 each uh he's at 30 hit 306 at home versus 288 on the road same side pitching matt mentioned on tuesday um his same side pitching because he's a um uh, a lefty um hits lefties for 314 hits righties for 289 um also last season he was hit 434 with runners in scoring position that's awesome for RBIs more points try and win your matchup if he stays healthy and picks up where he left off last year um i think it could be a 30-30 guy and even the best outfielder cuz he's going to play more outfield maybe the best outfielder on your
0: squad yeah, it, it, it's damn possible. Uh, one thing I love about him is he hits the ball so damn hard. Yeah. He he really does. He had the third longest home run in the majors last year at 483 feet. Um, That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, Coors Field is going to help. My big concern with him is, is just the strikeouts yeah i think you're gonna see regression in his batting average and in his on base percentage just because of that as we get out to a larger sample um but he's somebody who could absolutely return 30 30 numbers and it spectacularly uh elite option given the stolen base upside for him mm-hmm. i would not be shocked if he's another guy who turns in you know, somewhere between 160 to 180 runs plus RBIs, regardless of, you know, if he even doesn't hit 30 home runs. Yeah. Um, Coors Field is a big factor. You're going to see a, a lot of runs scored there. Now, back in the day, the ball used to fly out of there, but now they've incorpor- incorporated the humidor there. But really the big reason is because that outfield is just so damn massive. It, in a similar vein to Comerica Park uh, or a, a lot of other stadiums out there. Personally, I think that at you know, us having him at, at 10 overall for first baseman, granted he's got the eligibility. Most people are going to draft him as an outfielder. Sure. And, and, and just so everyone that, you know, in case you missed it, every league is going to be a little bit different in terms of, how players qualify for positions. In some leagues, it's um, one game played at a position and then you can use them there. Others, it's you know, 10 games, 15 games, whatever it may be. It's gonna vary from um, league to league. Just make sure you're paying attention to your league scoring settings when it comes to that. But I think if you plan on playing him at first base, I, I think ranking him at 10 is pretty conservative. Actually, I think there's some, some damn good upside there. I think he's got a shot to score 500 points. For sure. Um,
1: I, I like him too. And he's probably going to, I got him hitting third behind Tovar there as well, or not behind, but um, after Tovar, um, they work out. I like it.
0: Yeah. You know what? Let's bring it back East. Let's go to Beantown. We're going to talk about another young cat by the name of Tristan Cassis. Uh, right now, he is the number nine first baseman off the board, going one over two overall, auction value of 13 bucks. Last year, he was the number 28 first baseman, 349 points, averaged 2.6 a game. 24 home runs, 65 driven in, scored 66, went 263, 367, 490 for his triple slash. This is probably going to be the last year that you'll be able to get him outside the top 100 players. He is a rising star at first base. Um, He hit 24 home runs in his first season with significant playing time. He's got an elite walk rate. Which is really going to help that on base percentage. And and there's some uh, roto leagues out there that they'll replace uh, on base percentage for batting average. He had 21 doubles to go with his 24 home runs. So he's going to give you a a nice ISO and and good slugging percentage. He's going to hit third in that lineup. Uh right between Raphael Devers and, and Trevor Story. So there's gonna be plenty of opportunity not only to drive in runs but to score himself because Trevor Story is gonna give him some protection in that lineup. I think he's got a damn good chance to push for 30 home runs with 80 driven in and 80 scored.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, you you hit the nail on the head there. He's um gonna be the next star at first base for sure. He's a huge guy, too. Six five, two forty something. Um His OPS, you mentioned, I think, was 856. That was good for 17th among all hitters with 500 at-bats or plate appearances. And that 490 slugging was 26th among all hitters with 500 plate appearances. The future is bright for him. Um, He's worth reaching for, I think, this season because chances are good he will outproduce his ADP. I like him. Um, All right. Headed to Ohio. Oh, boy, yeah. lucky us on the Ohio River there. Um, Christian and Car- and on Strand with the Reds, ADP of 147. It's going for about an average of $7 on NFBC. Um, I'm going to just kind of refer to him as CES through this. Uh, um, he's 24 years old. That's right. Two and a half points per game, 160 total. Um had a slash line of 270, 328, and 477. Hit 13 dingers, 37 RBIs, 29 runs scored. That was just in 241 plate appearances. His um, OPS of 805 was 80th <laughs> best among hitters with 240 plate appearances. Now I know you say 80, that's not very good, but for some context, that's out of 333 total hitters. So it's pretty good. Um, hard hit rates, pretty pretty solid, forty eight point four um, and his expected slugging at four seventy six put him in the top thirty of qualified hitters uh, in the expected slugging in, <laughs> in the expected slugging percentage. Um, he can flat out rake. I think that becomes even more appealing, uh, playing half his games at the great American ballpark there in Cincinnati. My other problem is I don't think he'll get to play in all those games because there's such a log jam. You got uh switch hitters, Candelario, Ellie, uh, even Jonathan um India. Um, there's uh who else is there, Matt? Who can't I think of?
0: Uh so they've got uh their Lottos, top, Lottos top Lottos prospect Noel Marte is gonna yep. be playing third. Yep. Um
1: so kind of a, like a big log jam there with infielders, especially in the corner. Now by summer some of those players could be traded like they've kind of talked about um a combination of that injuries slumps the good thing about this cat is he controls his own destiny meaning you know if he produces when given the chance he's going to play daily um if you miss on him or maybe pass in the draft on him this year maybe try and buy low on him for the summer
0: yeah, it's possible, and and it really sucks. He's kind of that dude w- without a position. That yeah. them signing Candelario, yeah. I know, really disappointed a lot of people because he's somebody who, if he plays 130 or more games, you're getting 30 home runs from him. Uh-huh. Period. Um, the average won't be fantastic. He doesn't really draw that many walks. Uh, you're going to have to keep an eye on how things go in in spring training, but given that you're getting him, you know, somewhere in the Tenth to fourteenth round ballpark. Um, it's not an overly steep price to pay because the potential is there. Um, that ballpark that he's in, especially in the summer, Great American Bandbox down there in Cincinnati, that is a, a team and a lineup where you want to invest in. You want to get just just get a piece. And considering where he's going and the price of of some of the other uh, players on that team, you may be able to get him at a discount, especially if you're in a league with some folks who are maybe kind of off-put by that log jam that Kyle was talking about. He's going to play some first base. He'll play third base. They'll stick him out in right field. He'll DH. His bat is too good, and there's too much power there for him to not find regular at bats now does that mean he's going to be playing every single day no but at the same time i could see him being a, a five day a week player you know maybe four days a week five yeah. days a week some weeks at six i think it'll be consistent but not as much as as you're hoping for initially but the cream rises to the top right and i think as the season goes on he's going to force their hand and he's going to be in the lineup agreed so now we're going to talk about an old ass man <laughs> in Kansas City Sal Perez he's primarily a catcher does play some first base because they're they're trying to save him got an ADP 129 130 he's he's the number 13 uh first baseman off the board you can get him for about a 10 spot 11 bucks something like that nothing outrageous Last year, 334 points, averaged uh, 2.4 a game, 23 home runs, 80 RBIs, scored 59 times. He's not a great source of of average or on-base percentage. He hit 255, got on-base 29% of the time, had a 4.22 slugging. OPS, below league average at about 7.14. But he's had incredibly consistent production. The last eight years. There is an outlier year where he had you know 40 home runs and, and drove in well over a hundred. Look, he's gonna be 34 years old in May. He's been catching for the past decade plus. Don't expect any large increases really in anything. Um, he's got a, a decent spot in the lineup. He's gonna uh have Bobby Witt Jr. hitting in front of him, who who gets on base pretty damn well and, and is always a threat to steal. And he's got uh, a guy we talked about on Tuesday, Vinny Pasquantino, hitting behind him. So he's going to have a, a little bit of uh, protection there in the lineup. That team is likely not going to be very good. So don't be surprised if there is some regression in his run production. You know, maybe in, instead of somewhere around 140 total runs plus RBIs, maybe it's closer to 120, something like that. Um, back of the napkin math i'm looking for him to have about 20 home runs drive in 70 and score 50. Um, he is somebody who does not walk he will not take the free pass and and you can see there's less than a 40 uh 40 point difference between his batting average and on base percentage and again we talked about that a little bit earlier but there's still a little bit of pop in there and and he can be streaky at times if you've got him as a bench piece or or if you drafted him as your catcher, obviously he's going to be in there pretty much every day because yeah. um, of just you're, – you're getting 20 home runs for from a catcher. But if you're not playing him there, look out for the hot streaks, and you better damn sure look out for those cold streaks. That's for sure. Yeah, he's just three seasons removed from that
1: 48 home run, 121 RBI season, led the majors in both of those categories. He played in a my concern is he played in 140 games this past season. That was the most since that 2021 season where he went off. And the second most since 2015. So we'll see if um he stays durable and able to play that many games again. Matt mentioned, you know, he he, he is just pretty much a one-dimensional slugger now. You'll get 20 plus home runs and strong RBI totals from him. Um, and that's about it. Okay. We are headed to Texas. Yanir Diaz. ADP of 102. Auction value averaging out about 13. I got him on a sleeper list for 2024 drafts this year. I think he offers a ton of offense at a position that lacks it because um, he's mostly going to be um, a catcher. Um, he was a DH for. 38 games caught 60 games and, and, and first base at uh, just for eight games but he should be eligible in most leagues. Um, scored 2.7 fantasy points per game had a slash line of 282 308 538 23 homers 60 RBIs scored 51 runs that was in 37 377 plate appearances that uh, 846 OPS was pretty good. Um, that was 30th among all hitters with at least 350 plate appearances, and the slugging was even better. 13th among all hitters with 350 plus plate appearances. Last season didn't really come out of nowhere though, because he was slapping it around in triple A. He was a top hunter prospect before last season who who hit 294, 343, and 587 at triple A. Um, it's gonna get plenty of bats in Houston. <laughs> And uh, I don't think he's the greatest defensive guy. But since those don't matter in fantasy, he's definitely someone to target. There's some, I guess there's some risk just because of the limited amount of games he has played. But if it wasn't a fluke, he's going to be a mainstay at the top of that position for the next decade.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I'm looking for him to play about 120 games this year, give or take. He's going to be hitting behind Kyle Tucker towards the bottom of that lineup. Uh, But considering, you know, there's Kyle Tucker in front of him and there's, um, oh, what the hell is that dickhead's name that plays first base? Came there from the White Sox. Anyways, there's other assholes there in the lineup who uh, are pretty damn good at getting on base. So there's going to be ample opportunity to drive in runs. I don't know how much room there's going to be for improvement and run scored though, just because of, of what's coming up behind him. But Kyle, you're absolutely right. The production upside is absolutely real. Um, as much as I hate the Astros, like game recognized game, like he came up, he made an amazing impact in, in just over a, a hundred games, um, <clears throat> I think if he goes uh, 120 games he can push, you know, 28, 29 home runs, maybe drive in 80. I, I think the run scored will be maybe around 60, 65, but still if you can get you know 140 runs plus RBIs out of him and and close to 30 home runs and and he'll hit some doubles too. He had 22 doubles last year. He can, you know, there's a chance he can push that up to 30. Um you're going to get some decent production there, especially where you're drafting him, you know, if you're in a snake draft or, uh, how much you're going to have to pay for him in auction leagues.
1: Yeah. some stuff going on in the chat there a little bit. We're talking some movie quotes here. <laughs> I know. I, throwing, I see that we've been throwing around some major league quotes. Thanks to supersonic and, um, Dubo as well. He's talking about the sandlot as well. And, and how he grew up on that shit. Same as well. That's one of my favorite, uh, sports movies uh, as well and yeah the movie quotes stick in my head that's i don't know matt that's probably what i'm pretty good at it
0: is probably the only thing yeah it
1: probably is the only thing but uh movie and show quotes and things like that i I use them constantly but um sandlots are good one damn good one
0: um all right so now we're gonna head to the city of brotherly love Alec Boehm got an ADP of 161. You can get him for about eight bucks. He's a number 16 first baseman off the board. He was a number 18 first baseman last year. 423 points, averaged 2.9 a game, 20 home runs, drove in 97, scored 74. He had 31 doubles to go with that as well. 274 average, 327 on base. Uh, 4.37 slugging, good for a 7.65 OPS. Doesn't walk a whole hell of a lot. Um, he'll likely strike out around 100 times. Should have a decent chance at run production. The Phillies lineup is, is a little bit older. Um, Bryce Harper is really the only one there hitting in front of him that has true elite on-base skills. Um, He's somebody that doesn't pull the ball a whole hell of a lot, and he doesn't really have the power to be an opposite field or or dead center home run kind of guy. Uh, he led the league by grounding into twenty three double plays last year, which are absolute rally killers. Yeah, they are. Overall, he's a slightly better than average player. I think he he's kind of entering his prime. I think he's coming into his age twenty seven season. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of improvement in terms of power, but I think his run production and in, in terms of uh runs and RBIs, I, I think he has a, a fairly decent shot to match last year's totals, but I don't think there's a whole lot of room for improvement on that. He's more of a doubles guy than a true, you know, powerful home run hitter. Um, I could see some gains there though. Maybe he hits you know 35, pushes for 40 doubles. I mean, if he hits 22, 23 home runs, all right, that's kind of in kind of a a natural season to season variance just based on the type of hitter he is, but he's not somebody who's ever really going to hit 30 home runs. He's not going to win a batting title. Like I said, he's just a a slightly better than average player. Heck
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I got it. I got it right away there, uh. Supersonic. Did he say funky, butt-loving, name it? And I was like, that's rookie of the year. (laughs)
0: Dumbass (laughs) kid pitching for the Cubs. Yeah. Is that the right one? Because then there was one kid whose grandpa died, and he became the manager of the Twins, which would never happen. Right.
1: Uh, Let's see. Anyone ever tell you you look like a penis with a hat on? That's John Candy and, uh, uh, isn't it? John Candy, Steve Martin. Is that playing Strains Automobiles?
0: I don't think so. God.
1: I just, I just touted my knowledge a moment ago. You and... nope. should Dubo have kept says, your mouth shut. No. I know that. What says that? I know that one, Matt. Don't tell me. Tell Dubo. You're the one talking all that shit.
0: Ta-
1: oh. Uh, league of their own. I got gotcha. you. Yep. Yep. Thanks for the clue, Dubo. Heck yeah, that's a good one. No crying in baseball. Okay. Where are we at? Did I talk about Bob? I did. No, I did not. All right. No. Um, I think his biggest strength is probably his ability to hit for average. You kind of touched on that a little bit because he hit that 274. It's pretty good. Uh, in a league that average was 248, I think, last year, if I recall. Um and his expected batting average was 290 last year. So I like it. Um definitely like you mentioned before, not a big home run hitter, definitely a solid source for um hitting for average and RBI. Um stable choice. Prime RB spot in the Phillies lineup too, if you didn't say that. Because I was kind of half listening while I was
0: doing movie lines here in the chat. You're busy not <laughs> answering the the questions. Sway's got the right idea. Smash that like button for those of you watching. If you haven't already, uh, make sure you subscribe. We'd really appreciate your support. We got a website where we put up all our positional rankings and everything. Stonedownsportspodcast.com. Check it out.
1: All right. Okay. Tampa Bay. God, always a good team. Um, Isaac. What is it? Paradise? No. Isak Parades. Isaac Paredes, all right, 3.1 fantasy points per game last season, um, hit 250, 352, 488, 31 home runs, 98 RBIs, over 70 runs scored, and an 840 P OPS, um, his slugging, tied for 28th among um, hitters with a, a 500 plate appearances, um, so pretty decent there. I think it was kind of an outlier season. Man, I think I talked to, uh, to you on the phone about this. But all 31 of his balls to left field, all home runs, all of them were pulled. His pull rate was a 54.5% leading the majors. Uh, Tropicana Field there where he plays excellent park with a high pull rate there. And his launch angle degree was 22.2. Good for second among hitters uh, with 500-plus plate appearances. Now the bad. Even with hitting 31 home runs, he was still at the bottom of a lot of advanced metrics. Hard hit percentage was 28.3. That was 127th out of batters with 500 plate appearances. That's out of 136 hitters. Barrel rate, 5.9. He was 105 out of 136 hitters. Exit velocity, not good either. 86.9, 124th out of 136 hitters. Um, Just just not very good. So that's not going to happen again. This year he could be helpful as a uh for depth as an infielder in, in some shallow leagues, um, or even a corner, you know, he could start, I guess, in deeper formats, but um, because his power metrics are are underwhelming, expecting that 31 homers again should it, it's pretty risky.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, and he's somebody who <clears throat> really only feasts on fastballs. Uh, he has a, a whiff rate around 28, percent and by whiff rate, I mean swing and miss. Miss. Very, very simple. I'm breaking pitches and off-speed pitches, so a, around one third of those he swings and misses. The one thing he does have going for him, he is only 25. I, I you know, so he's a younger guy, a, a, a former Tiger, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. Uh, but I don't think anybody saw the <clears throat> 31 home runs coming we're not going to see it again. It's just, he's got a nice launch angle. He does not hit the ball hard enough. And, and what, you know, maybe he'll hit in the mid twenties, which is fine. I guess you you know, you're not high five in your buddies because you drafted Isak Paredes, but you know, if you're in a, a daily moves league and, and you need to plug him in two, three days a week, you can certainly do a hell of a lot worse. Um, The team context is, is pretty damn good. You know, Kyle, you're right. Tampa is, is always a a really, really good team. They score some runs, but they're also a team that leans very heavily into analytics and they platoon a lot of guys. Paredes is no exception to that. So you're really going to have to pay attention to the matchups, especially in weekly move leagues. Yes. Because if, you know, if he's going to be on the bench for three games, do you really want him in there anyway? Um, he will give you a, a solid ISO, you know, and, and ISO slugging, what you know, whatever you want to call it, his power metrics. Just under half his hits were home runs or doubles. I don't think he had any triples last year either. So not awful, not great. He's just somebody who's kind of there. And understand, once you're getting ADPs in the in the 170s, you know, right now he's the 18th first baseman off the board. We've got him at 22. These are depth players. These are people filling out your bench. Yeah, that's it. Agreed. So the last first baseman we're going to talk about, we're going to head on to the city of... Stringer Bell, Avon Barksdale. Where's That's Wallace? Where's Wallace, string? That's right. Ryan Mountcastle, Baltimore Orioles. He's got an ADP uh, just under 240. You can get him for about three bucks. He's a number 24 first baseman off the board. He finishes the 34th first baseman last year, uh, scored 316 points, averaged 2.8 a game. 18 home runs, 68 RBIs, 64 runs, triple slash, a 270, 328, 452, good for a 779 OPS. And when you look at that 18 home runs, you think, all right, like that's that's not terrible. Five of them came in the first 11 games of the season. Yeah, that's, that's no bueno. He missed some time with uh, vertigo and shoulder injuries resulting in only 115 games played. He can hit the ball with authority. Uh, He has above average hard hit percentage, uh, average exit velocity, and max exit velocity. And the difference between those last two things, average exit velocity is just like it sounds like. what is How fast is the ball coming off the bat on average? The max is what is your hardest hit ball of the year. For him, it was up around uh, something like 114 miles an hour, give or take a little bit. He's got power to all fields, but He's somebody who was really hurt by the renovations they did there in Baltimore to the ballpark. It was one of the best ballparks in the league uh, for home runs. I think it was top three or four going back to 2021. After those renovations, slightly above average, but not a whole hell of a lot. He's somebody who's going to DH a lot of the time, and and he'll platoon with Ryan O'Hearn at first base. I think he's a decent bounce-back candidate. He's got a nice, solid prospect pedigree. Um, he's proven before that that he can hit for power. He had 30 home runs just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So for him, it's it's going to be staying on the field. That lineup is going to be pretty damn good in Baltimore with all that young talent. Honestly, I wouldn't get shocked if he's somebody who gets moved, just depending on how yeah. some of these call-ups uh pan out once they get to the majors the orioles are a team with an absolutely stocked farm i mean they're just churning out top prospect after top prospect but given where you're getting them i mean the dude is in 10 team leagues he's free essentially yep you know if i'm gonna take a gamble on somebody i'm gonna take a gamble on somebody who's kind of done it before but is still pretty young i think he's like 26. I'm not sure.
1: Um, you mentioned the vertigo thing and he was out for a minute there. That started in June and then he came back uh, like four or five weeks later and then went on a roll slashing 326, 407, and 492 the rest of the way, which was pretty damn good. Yeah, he's he's developed into a steady player. That slugging percentage of 450 or more, three of his last four big lead seasons, if you didn't say that. Um, and then, yeah, I am worried about playing time due to the depth there,
0: but, um, we'll see. So that's going to wrap up our first base preview for the season next week. We are moving on to, uh, what I believe to be second base. Don't hold me to it because I don't have our little sheet pulled up. And if I'm wrong, I'll just edit this out and post anyways. <laughs> yeah, right, we'll sure. ever know.
1: Right. Um, I believe it is second base. So, um, they'll I be... smell bacon. Yeah. BLTs Mm -hmm. at the uh, your house. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) BLTs are good. All right. Want
0: to talk a little football? Yeah. You know what? Let's do it.
1: All right. Since the NFL Honors is coming out, I think it's, what, next Thursday, technically. Something like that. Um, We thought we'd throw a few awards, um, fantasy-wise. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for jumping in there. Hold on. Thanks for jumping in there, Supersonic. Appreciate it always love the support see you in a couple weeks brother or a week or yeah a few days yeah math is hard math is hard um so yeah we got four categories we're gonna do just nfl uh just the mvp offensive rookie of the year um biggest bust and best waiver pickup as well um stand by though any idea about the players the twins got in the polanco trade I did not research that. Did so you?
0: they got Anthony Desclafani, who is a high variance pitcher. He he can be fantastic, or he can look like fuck pie. Um, they got Justin Topa. I don't really know a, a whole hell of a lot about him or the couple of minor leaguers that they have. I think Desclafani um, is somebody who can help make up for the loss of of Sonny Gray. He's not as good as Sonny Gray. Don't expect the same season that you got from him. Uh, But when he's healthy and and when he's on, he's a top 25-ish pitcher, give or take. Love it. Hope that helped, Dubo. I don't have
1: an opinion. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, four topics. MVP, rookie of the year, um, biggest bust, and best waiver pickup. Matt? I will allow you to go first.
0: All right. So let's start with MVP. Uh, For me, it's CMC. He was just fantastic from the beginning of the season all the way to the end. He didn't have a great game in week 17 for championships. But when you look at his whole body of work, he averaged uh, 24 and a half points per game in a PPR he led the league in rush yards and yards from scrimmage second in attempts 21 total touchdowns and he was the engine behind that San Francisco 49ers offense he was intimately involved in every single game um to me there was no one better for fantasy this year than than Christian McCaffrey um and he's he was just Great. I think he should win league MVP, quite frankly. I know he won't, but he absolutely should. If you take say if you take him off that team, is San Francisco still, you know, they're a decent team. I think they're, you know, maybe a 10-win team without him, but but with Christian McCaffrey, they are a Super Bowl team. They are good.
1: Uh, my MVP is CD Lamb, first team All-Pro this year. Finished as the overall wide receiver one. Just had a freaking huge season. Um, on on PPR and CBS scoring, twenty four point nine fantasy points per game. Like if you can count on twenty five a week every week, that's just fucking awesome. Played in every game. Had the most, uh, or had one hundred and eighty-one targets, one hundred and thirty-five receptions was the most. Um, 17, force, 1,749 yards. Um, he averaged one Oh three a game. Just sick. Um, with 12 receiving touchdowns, also ran the ball for 113 yards and two touchdowns. Dude won leagues last year.
0: Yeah, he did. And, and he when was. you think about like, he was the wide receiver, like 16 after week five yeah. and then just started putting balls on chins.
1: I mean, he definitely showed up when it mattered most in week 17 PPR. 39 points so um he just can't you know he capped off a a career uh season it's only 24. he is just entering his prime
0: hell yeah and he was somebody i remember when he was drafted that that i was really high on him and, and he was somebody who I thought he had the highest upside of any receiver in that draft. They were just kind of waiting for him to kind of finish filling out. He was very thin and and wiry coming into the league, but, you know, no homo, but now he's got his man body and yeah, he's, he's dominant. He's got his,
1: um, I mean, he had excellent quarterback play this season too. Um, We'll see where Dak was. We'll see what Dak. Which deck shows up next season?
0: No kidding. Next up, we got Rookie of the Year, and, and there was a, a lot of fantastic candidates to choose from. For me, it was Sam Laporta. If you can come in as a rookie and finish as a tight end one, scored 10 touchdowns, just under 900 yards receiving. He had 10 games with five or more receptions, and he was only the fifth most targeted tight end in the league, second on the on the Lions with 120 he was consistent all year long and he was really one of the, I remember when they traded TJ Hawkinson, it's kind of like, shit, what, you know, what are they going to do now? They brought in somebody who was arguably better. Yeah. I mean, just as good as, if not slightly better. And the two is just a rookie, which means there's even room for improvement. Sure. Like they, absolutely nailed that pick and where you were drafting him. Like he was, you know, damn near the tight end 20 coming off the board. He was an afterthought dart throw and to re- return value as the tight end one. Yeah. Huge. How, how do you beat that?
1: And it's, and, and, you know, I'm not knocking him at all. I love him obviously, but Kelsey had kind of a down year. Hawkinson got hurt. Manders got hurt. All these tight tight, tight ends, tight ends got hurt. Um, so definitely allowed him to become one, but not taking away from his amazing season. Brad Holmes is a genius, and so is Kirk Ferentz for churning out tight ends in Iowa. Okay. Uh, my rookie of the year is C.J. Stroud. Um, averaged 23.9 fantasy points per game. Finished QB 10 overall on the season. Had over 4,100 pass yards, 23 touchdowns, and 5 picks. And I just want to talk how amazing that is, five picks for a rookie. I think yep. we've touched about it before, but the uh, the guy threw an average of 33 times a game this season and only threw five picks. His interception percentage was 1% that led the league. Just amazing. Um, his 273.9 pass yards per game also led the league. He ran for a few touchdowns on the ground as well. The boy is legit. He's will ascend all the dynasty and redraft boards for next season. The sky's the limit for him um, with a Texans team that still can fill some holes and give him some even better weapons. I think I loved him this year and he's on my keeper league. So I love him even more.
0: All right. Waiver wire pickup of the year for me. Pukunakua, he finished as the wide receiver five after being an afterthought in draft season. He was the number 94 wide receiver off the board in ADP of 275. Who's in that area, you ask? He was drafted right between Allen Robinson and somebody named Mac Hollins. No <laughs> clue who that is. Mack I mean, Hollins? I assume he's in the league somewhere, and, and good for him set the you know rookie records all these receptions and 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 yardage and and you know understand cooper cup was gone at the beginning of the season but it was still up to him to execute and i remember even before the year you were kind of on him a little bit kyle as we were going through our uh previews before the the season started and and i just kind of dismissed it like whatever you're just saying it because he's got a you yep. know an, an, an cool uncommon man. sounding name <laughs> But no, he was absolutely uh, legit. He's going to be a stud for years to come. Um, You sure as shit ain't going to get him off waivers next year. That's for sure. No. Nope.
1: Um, Where are we at? Waivers. Okay. I'm up. Yes. Sweet. Uh, Same team. Kyron Williams. Um Jesus. It only t- <laughs> he had that one that's his first great game, and it took them that long for McVeigh and the Rams to go see you, Cam Akers. Take a trip to Minnesota. Um made the Pro Bowl, second team all pro as well. Uh finished RB nine on the season, averaging 21.9 fantasy points per game while only playing 12 fucking games. I've mentioned this before. Volume is what really carried him. I mean, he was efficient as hell, as five yards per at five yards per carry, um, good for fourth in the league. Um, but he had seven of his twelve games with twenty plus carries, just amazing. Had over eleven hundred rush yards, the ninety five point three rush yards per game, also led the league. Plenty of targets in the air, too. 48, caught thirty two of them for two just over two hundred yards, and another three touchdowns. Um, Those who had the foresight or were quick enough to grab him off of waivers found themselves a league winner.
0: Absolutely. And so we got one more category or or award to go over, and and I want to take a little trip back in time to August twenty sixth, 2003. And this chubby dude in front of you publishes a short entitled Why Chargers Running Back Austin Eckler Will Be a Bust This Fantasy Season. I called that shit, dude. I called that shit. <laughs> he was drafted as the number two running back, ADP of six. He finished as a running back 25. And you say, Oh, he was hurt. Dude missed three games. That's it. Played 14 games. He only had five games over 50 yards rushing, only one game over 50 yards receiving. He scored six touchdowns. He was ass all but a couple for all but a couple games. He's done. Dude is toast. He had his run, and look, congrats to him. He was a monster for the past couple years. Yeah, but But then he go off
1: in week one. Yes, that's yeah.
0: Week Week one, and then he had like a a two game stretch in the middle of the year where like he was kind of a thing, and then he just faded off into Bolivian for the rest of the season. And quite frankly, now like he was talking all that shit, wants a big contract, wants the extension. That's not how you get it. Nope. No. That's not how you get it.
1: I wonder how much that. the I wonder how much the coaching staff, locker room, culture, the, the environment there affected everything there. That it was just a bad season for the Chargers. So no, but,
0: don't don't excuse that shit
1: away. You uh, failed to execute. <laughs> yes, Matt, we'll give you credit for calling the bust.
0: Damn straight.
1: Uh, mine is Miles Sanders, which I didn't do a video on, but I think we all said he ain't gonna be shit this year. Um, he played in 16 games, only started five. Was quickly uh, outplayed by Chuba Hubbard. Um, I think a lot of it boils down to the Panthers just fucking sucked with, um, you know, a rookie QB and 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 lesser talent there. And you know, the Eagles had a superior offensive line that 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 Sanders got to run. Uh, behind, he had 586 total scrimmage yards with the Panthers this year. Ever after having 1,300 the previous season with the the Eagles, uh, he was just horrible. He had one touchdown all year, 3.3 average per carry. Um, just yeah, no receiving touchdowns. He finished RB 53 on the season, total of 88 points. He signed that big contract, four years, 25 million. He got exciting bonus i think it was 13 million guaranteed everybody said that was stupid yep. and it turned out that that was
0: absolutely i mean he, he was the most like inefficient running back in the league it's horrible and david tepper saw that and said you know what Take david money. temper remember
1: it's david temper now that's he's that's a jabroni yeah he is. he, he kind of is so um, yeah, put some stuff in the comments or the chat or whatever. Oh, I guess it's already eight o'clock. Jeez. Thank you. yeah, let us know what your guys' biggest bust, or best waiver pickup this year was, even if it's in the comments on the video or um, through the socials or whatever. Still like to let you, still like to know what, what you guys think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're All right. Dubo, he agrees. Laporta was an upgrade over Hawk and the money saved. Absolutely. That's why Brad Holmes is executive of the year. General Manager of the Year, whatever the hell you want to call
1: it. Sporting news is executive of the year.
0: I don't give a shit. He's still winning the award.
1: (laughs) I'm still waiting to see if Dan Campbell's gonna win coach of the year next week and I can win some money. There you go. I think the drinks are on you. I think D'Amico Ryans is gonna fuck me. So
0: if it feels more uh, than two fingers, it's probably a dick. Uh, well, not yours because, you know. How do you know? I don't know.
1: Anyway, we're out of here. Um, please give us a like and subscribe uh, here every Tuesday and Thursday on the YouTube live streams at 7 p.m. Eastern. All the rankings are on the website, stonedownsportspodcast.com. Have a good night, folks. We'll see you next time.
0: See ya.